Before we get started, we just want to let you know about a few ways you can support our Grassroots Indie show. You can follow us on social media at No Bad Reviews Pod. We'd love it if you could go to your favorite podcasting app and rate us and review us. Also, please tell a friend about our podcast. And last, you can financially support us on patreon.com slash nobadreviews, buymeacoffee.com slash nobadreviewspod, and you can buy merch at our website, nobadreviewspodcast.com. Thank you, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast. This is a podcast where three friends, coffee industry professionals, and coworkers, look, I switched it up. Oh. We get together every other week, and we discuss something related to coffee. We do is we choose a coffee, any coffee, and we commit to giving it no bad reviews, and we commit to learning something. It's a it's an education podcast. A lot of commits. I'm that's what I like. I like commitment. That's why I'm still with you. Aw. Aw. Is that nice or not nice? I think it's nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. My heart was touched. If you Aww. want to take it that way, the good. Thanks. You're still here for many reasons. Not no. just the commitment. That's true. But also the love. I made and a I made a I made a commitment before God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I usually do Sickness it. and in health, aggravation and fun, <laughs> till death do us part, mm. knock on wood. I usually do a cost-benefit analysis between hiring an attorney uh-huh. and, like, going through with it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, it's always, like, <sighs> it's, like, I may as well just fucking stay together. Stay with a commitment. Good yeah. job. Would you want to have to like figure out like no. kids stuff? You got to at least right. stay together till they're out of the house. 18. Oh my god! But I would do anything to have every other weekend off. You guys, I know that's. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is the thing I'm most envious of. <laughs> yeah. My divorced friends, like, wait, you get four days off a week. Anyway, so yeah, so we get together every week. We find a coffee. We try the coffee. We commit to giving it no bad reviews. But before we do that, we're going to learn a little something about ourselves, this world, history, the future, (laughs) politics, culture. I don't know. The coffee is our guide. And I'm Jenny, and I run the operations at a coffee company called Modest Coffee. And I'm Marcus, and I'm drinking early today. (laughs) He didn't even wake for noon. Yeah. Did you guys know that? Well, I knew because you poured me one when I walked in the door. Yeah. (laughs) Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm Stephanie. I'm the employee of the month for 48 consecutive months at Modest Coffee. And I'm happy to be drinking with you. Yeah, you just had your four-year anniversary. Yes. Happy anniversary to all of us. Guess what? You get a raise. (gasps) Yay. Yay. It's amazing. I love raise day. (laughs) It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. I'll drink to that. Mm. Woohoo. Yeah, that's why we're drinking today. You know by what? drinking, by we, I mean you. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys are always doing this. Incidentally, to me. Yeah. it's fine. Fuck snakes. Fuck snakes, right. right. Because that's St. Patrick, right? That's what he did. 
Was I don't there really snakes, though. I've... I don't think so, because we did a whole episode on this a whole year ago. So if you want to find out what St. Patrick's Day is really all about, just rewind a year ago. Hint, it was Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um... so we're going to keep you on the rails today, Marcus, despite okay. the number of drinks you've had. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to go into a different holiday a little bit. Today, we are doing... Turkish coffee, mm. oh. pretty interesting. Um, you know, it's yeah, a Mediterranean. It's it's, it's basically it's a lot. It's a lot. It's um, actually we happen to be in the month of Ramadan right now, so this is actually a pretty fitting topic. Um, you know, I've always wanted to learn about Ramadan. Well, today Ramadan. we're not learning about Ramadan, but I can tell you a little <laughs> bit about Ramadan just off the top of my head because I didn't research it for this episode. No, that's fine. Um, so Ramadan is a month of fasting. Muslim people around the world, they're going to fast from sunup to sundown. Um, people who are older, like they don't expect kids to do this, but it's kids. So obviously having Ramadan in a time of year when the days are shorter mm. is better. Ramadan in the summer kind of oh, sucks. Yeah. Um, Sounds like Muslim Lent. It can be, but it's not based on the Lenten calendar, the same calendar that Christians go by. So okay. it happens to line up with Lent this year, but it doesn't always. Oh, okay. Yeah. So wait, is it sometimes in the summer? Yeah. Oh. It changes all throughout the year. It's different times of the year. I don't really know exactly why. So but a lunar maybe calendar? Maybe it must why? be a lunar calendar ah, thing. I see. So yeah, when it's during the summer, that's got to be really shitty. Yeah, man. Wow. So the point of Ramadan, from my understanding, from talking to people who are Muslim, I don't know the whole history behind it. At least I don't remember all of it. But basically, um, it's the month of fasting. It's going to bring you closer to God. It's also going to help you be more empathetic with people who don't have as much. Mm. During Ramadan, you're going to want to give back to people. You're going to want to do acts of charity. Also, you're, you're, like I said, fasting during the day, but those evenings when you break a fast, it's, it's like party time. It's mm. just a time for everybody to gather and your family, especially if you live in a Muslim-majority country, everybody in your neighborhood, everybody's getting together. They're going to feast. They're going to have a really nice time. So it's also a holiday of community gathering and celebration. It's like work hard, play hard for Muslims. Mm. Love it. Sure. Great. Yeah, I mean, to me, it sounds like, I mean, aside from the whole fasting part, it sounds like a really nice holiday. A month of fasting is a lot. I mean, a lot of religions do have fasting for like a day, mm-hmm. but like a month. I mean, I, it's I mean, a real commitment. I could commitment. do it if I got to have a party every night. That's true. And you it know? probably is pretty fun when right. the sun finally sets every right. night. What about, so it's only water during the day, right? It's like no, not even like coffee or anything. I heard it was like... um you could eat like crackers and shit. Really? Maybe. No, I don't know. No, you're really not supposed to eat um, any food at all. You cannot drink water. You can't drink water. Technically, you're not. That's what I thought, but I wanted to confirm. So technically, you're not supposed to drink water, not supposed to eat during the day. Wow. But the thing is, like, they don't want anybody dying. Right. So if you have a medical condition, you need to eat or you need to drink, or if you're really not feeling well like you're legit dehydrated you know you have to still take care of your body as well but the whole point is not to kill yourself the whole point is to (laughs) like bring yourself closer to god to have a spiritual experience um like i said to be able to feel what it's like to be somebody who does go hungry i've noticed though sometimes like when i fast like unintentionally 
it improves focus. It like after a while, like I just sort of like get like almost like a fervent, right? Like, uh, yeah, like all like, you know, just hyper focused about what I'm, whatever I'm into. So I could see that being like religious, you know, like a thing, you know, just going with it. Also, there are health benefits to fasting anyways. So your cells, if you're constantly consuming foods um, or just, you know, energy or whatever, any excess energy is going to get stored in your cells or, you know, the waste product of that energy will be stored in your cells. And it's really important to have a fast because then your cells can kind of clean up. Um, Um, So I don't know. Dear listeners, this is the intermittent fasting episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, this, we happen to be in the midst of Ramadan right now. We are not celebrating, but to those who are celebrating Ramadan. Um, happy Ramadan. Happy is Ramadan. There... <laughs> I don't know. Whatever, whatever you're greeting to somebody for Ramadan would be, I greet you that way. You know, I'm glad you did the research. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the episode about? Turkish coffee. It's just really interesting to me. It's a really fascinating method of brewing coffee. I found out about... Turkish coffee and how to brew it from a friend of ours. She lived in Yugoslavia before, like, that whole war thing fucking ruined it. Mm -hmm. Her war stories are very interesting. But moved over here to the United States, and that is a common way in Croatia, Bosnia, former Yugoslavia, to brew your coffee is in the Turkish style. Can I say that in looking for this coffee, I found Bosnian coffee Croatian coffee, Lebanese coffee. I found so many different coffees. I could not find fucking Turkish coffee <laughs> for the life of me until I went to Mediterranean Oasis in yeah. Naperville. Oh, I've been there. That yeah. place is cool. That place Legit. is awesome. If you've never been to Mediterranean Oasis Mart in or Oasis Mediterranean Mart, I don't know how which way it goes, but it's over by 75th and like Washington-ish where awesome. Washington Street in Naperville is. But yeah, Google it. Go over there. It's a really cool store. Yeah. So they had proper Turkish coffee and they had proper Turkish coffee brewers there. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what I fa- how I found out about it was um, my friend and I, or our friend and I, went to this store. It's a Bosnian store. I think it was in Carroll Stream on, off of North Avenue. We I just have to say I love ethnic grocery stores. That's great. And I'm yeah. so grateful to live in the Chicago area where we have just so many ethnic stores you can go to so fun within like a 20 minute drive of no matter where you are you can hit like 15 different countries yeah it's really cool. the stores um so it's very cool so her and i had gone there one day and you know we picked up all of these fun bosnian foods and goods and one of them was coffee and we went back to her house and she showed me how to brew turkish style coffee but like Croatian style or Bosnian style Turkish coffee. Mm-hmm. So that has always been really cool to me. It's always stuck with me. It's like just an interesting method of brewing. It's actually the oldest style of brewing coffee. It's been around since coffee's been around because you need a way to brew it, right? And back in the day, 14, 15, 1600s, you didn't have like paper filters and arrow presses or a Keurig you know, machine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So the birthplace of coffee, we did an episode about this, actually. Marcus did an episode about Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee, where yeah. he explored Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee and the history of coffee. Baba. Baba, Baba Boudin. Boudin. Yeah. yeah. 
so that, if you guys want to listen, it was episode 10 called Jamaican Blue Mountain Coffee, and it was released on April 5th of 2022. You can go back and find that. It was a really interesting episode. Okay, so there's two, two common mythological stories of the birth of coffee. The first one was the one that you really went into, which was Caldy and his goats. And the goats were, and this one is my favorite story, because you have these little goats, and they're yeah. eating these red little coffee cherries and they're jumping all over the place that's really fun whimsical who doesn't love jumping goats yeah they're the best well this legend is just a little bit more boring it has more of like a moses type twist to it this guy sheik omar and his people were exiled to the desert in yemen uh they're you know they're all starving like they're they're having a really tough time. They find a shrub that has berries growing on it, these little red berries. Um, but they're kind of bitter and kind of hard. Let my people drink, Joe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Marcus. Okay. It should be like, give my people Joe. There it is. That's the one. You can try it again if you want to do a little cut Give cut-a-roo. my people Joe. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So yeah, so they're starving. They find these shrubs. They've got these little berries growing on them. They're kind of bitter and hard. So what they decided to do was roast them. Like you do. Like you do. And then soak them in water to soften them to try to make them taste better. Hmm. There's a lot of holes in this story. (laughs) The brown liquid <laughs> tasted good, and it was invigorating. <laughs> I just don't think that you go out into the wild, the desert, you're in exile, you come across a berry bush, and you're like, you know what? What I need to do is take this red part off, take these little seeds, I need to roast them, and then I need to soak them. Like, that just doesn't, it do, something doesn't add up here. Does coffee grow in the desert? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah? You know, I mean, I'm, I assume Yemen and Ethiopia is desert. But I don't know. I mean, most of I, I, that's a great question because typically we think of it growing on these lush, oh, verdant mountain. mountainsides. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Well, look, I didn't make up this myth. <laughs> I just read about it. And right. thank you. We'll add one more point to the bullshit. <laughs> that Those are like a couple of the mythological stories. I'm partial to the goat stories of Ethiopia, but the first written record of coffee is from the 1400s in Yemen monastery. Yes. Yes. Yes, I remember this. Um, Yemen had a really important trading port, port. This one that we've talked about, heard you've probably heard of it, in the south by the Red Sea. It was the port of Mocha. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yemen used to be a part of the Ottoman Empire. Do you guys, did, do you know how fucking long the Ottoman Empire went for? Not not quite that long. It was founded in 1299, ended not until 1923. Wow. Yeah, so That's a World really War I. long time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was founded by this guy named Osman I with one goal, time to take over the world. <laughs> and he had this sidekick named Pinky. Really? Are you kidding? Okay. That, you got me. You got me. That was good. Uh, So one fascinating thing about the Ottoman Empire, the Ottomans were Muslim, but they were super successful at their takeover of the world because they just let people kind of do what they wanted to do. They didn't try to like change people's religions. They didn't try to change the way they ate. They didn't try to come in and like make new rules about customs or like clothing or how they like operated. Looking at the Ottoman Empire maps, It's all surrounding seas, all those seas, like the Black Sea, the Red Sea, the Caspian Sea, the Mediterranean Sea. It's like 
just loops around all of these seas and like goes up and down the sides of them. So really the Ottoman Empire was mostly like they were concerned with controlling the trade routes. And so like it didn't really matter to them like what people did as long as they could control those trade routes yeah. and make that money. Right. And if they were actually interested in like conquering people or like taking over their resources and things like this, you would see them kind of like conquering further inland, but everything just stayed very much close to the seas. Interesting. Yeah. So it, they, I think that's probably why they lasted so long too. Cause like they come in, they fight, you're like, all right, fine. But they didn't make lives, people's yeah. lives terrible. They were like, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, the king is dead. Long live the king. Right. Like just keep paying your taxes. We're good. Mm-hmm. You guys do your thing. Right. And the taxes just, you know, it's like, who do you write the checks out to? Right. Right now, it's just going to the Ottoman king instead of fucking whoever. One would imagine that more trade would be good for everyone. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true yeah. too. Like all of the merchants along the way and all of the people. Ooh, did they own the Silk Road? I didn't look into that. That's such a very specifically random okay. question. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> anyway, so at one point, it encompassed the area of 43 modern day countries. Wow. That's a lot. I mean, I it mean, went all European countries are so tiny. Yeah. Well, they didn't actually get <laughs> into Europe too far. I mean, I guess they were kind of <laughs> Luxembourg. <laughs> it's like the size of Aurora. Italy, um, there's like 13 countries back then. Well, they didn't get up that far into Italy. Oh, okay. They were um, like the northern edge of Africa. They were like down like the edge of um, like Saudi Arabia and oh, like sure. Jordan. They were like, and then they went up a little bit. They, they cover the Middle Eastern Peninsula. Well, they do that, but not all of it, because they didn't have all of Saudi Arabia. They only had the strip that goes along the sea. Oh. Yeah, they did all, like like I said, they were There's not concerned the, right. with, like, whatever was going on Most away from the seas. Most of present-day Turkey. Oh, all of Turkey. Yeah. Then they also went a little bit north. They went almost as far north as Austria, but same thing. They're looping around these seas, right? They go up um, into, like, almost to Russia, Ukraine. Azerbaijan, sure. Uh, you know, Kazakhstan, all of where Yugoslavia used to be, all of that area. Crazy. Which is interesting because all of these areas drink, or like Turkish style coffee is still like a ah. common way of brewing coffee ah. today. Ah. And Fucking it was wild. all spread by the Ottoman Empire. Huh. Really fascinating. It is fascinating. Cool. Uh, the only thing is that like the Ottoman Empire, they were like kind of fucked up towards the end at least. So like... Armenia, I didn't mm-hmm. know this, but like right before the fall of the Ottoman Empire, they um, had a huge genocide. Do you guys know about the Armenian oh, genocide? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're still kind of salty about it. 1.5 million Armenians were murdered from 1914 to 1923 when the Ottoman Empire collapsed. Mm. Yeah, they call it Armenian coffee, but it's like it's Turkish coffee, but they don't call it Turkish coffee. Mm. Also, Greece doesn't call it. Turkish coffee because Turkey tried to invade um, the island. Uh, the, what island was it? Oh, here it is. The, Lesbos. So they didn't. They didn't. Greece doesn't want to call it Turkish coffee either. They stopped calling it actually very recently in like the 1980s because in 1974, Turkey was like 
the island of Cyprus is ours. And Greek's like, fuck you, no, it's not, it's ours. It's been ours for a while. And Turkey's like, no, give it to us. So they invaded. And then, um, yeah, so the island of Cyprus was like under Turkish control and now it's back to Greece control. But anyways, Greece was super mad about it. In the 70s? 70s, 1974. That's fucking crazy. I know, it's very recent. And the Turks were like, we're going to fight you. I guess. I don't know what's up with that island. Do they call it Greek coffee? Yeah, so the Greek call it Greek coffee. Armenians call it Armenian coffee. It's probably become, like, more common anyways as, like, we've gotten further away from the Ottoman Empire that they'll just call it whatever. Well, well, it's funny because when I was in the Mediterranean Oasis store, the -hmm. guy behind the counter, he was like, oh, you got to try Albanian coffee next. And I was like, yeah, and I was at this other store and I learned about Bosnian coffee and Greek coffee and he was like, they're not as good. He was I, dead serious. Like, well, he's like, it's probably all the same fucking coffee, but he was like, you know, fuck Greek coffee. I mean, none of these places are growing coffee. They're just brewing it, right? <laughs> That's a, a very fair point and good observation. And they're all brewing it the same way. And it's like, right. so like, yeah, it's the same coffee. Maybe it's like roasted in each of these countries and like ground, but yeah, it's not grown there. Um, it's all the, it's, it's just a fucking, it's just a brewing method that like, they don't want to call Turkish style. They want to call it Greek style. They want to call it Armenian style, whatever they want to do. I'm excited that we maybe have like seven more episodes based on this one run to the grocery store. Yeah. 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 Nope. Tastes the same. Yep. Tastes the same. Yep. Greek. All the same. All the same fucking coffee. Ooh, maybe we need like a, a, like Ottoman war, like... War room coffee, like yeah. this we could be dive a, in. this could be on our love it or leave it on Patreon. We're just going to have a whole series of Ottoman Empire. It's going to be the War of the Ottoman Empire coffees. <laughs> awesome! I'm so whole glad series. That you brought that up because if you want to follow that, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash No Bad Reviews Pod, and you can follow the action there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's really warring there. It's a real war situation. Who's going to win? I don't know, but we'll tell you if we love it or leave it. Yeah. Um, So anyways, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. The Ottoman Empire, it fell, though, uh, like Marcus mentioned, right around World War I uh, due to just mismanagement. You know, I feel like, first of all, that entire time period, like, of our grandparents. Kind of unpleasant. (laughs) Was there a good year? (laughs) I don't fucking know. You had war. You had Great Depression. Then you had some more war. Then you had the fucking Cold War. Then you had the fucking Korean War. Then you had the fucking Vietnam War. Maybe I mean, there's just always a lot of war. But that particular early, like pre-1950s time mm-hmm. does not seem like a great time. You had the right industrial before re- the Depression, though? That shit was hot. I don't know. Because, like, Industrial Revolution, like, there were no fucking labor laws. No, like, children were dying in fucking factory fires. <sighs> I there digress. The Roaring Twenties, though, wasn't there like a funny Yeah, that's year? what I'm saying. Like, you but, know, you had like one good year. You know, I think the it Roaring Twenties was hot. I think it was one singular good year. <laughs> but even like Prohibition, right? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Prohibition sounded like a lot of fun because it sounded like people were drinking more than ever during the Prohibition, just in speakeasies. It did seem fun. It, it did fun. seem fun. Cocaine was legal. That was probably Still fun. in the 20s? I don't remember. You know? You're the one who did that research. I know, but I can never remember things. Okay, so the only good thing about the early 1900s was cocaine. (laughs) And flapper girls. And the fall of the Ottoman Empire. (laughs) I guess in the fall of the Ottoman Empire. Um, 
Yeah, so the Ottoman Empire falls, mismanagement internally, like corruption, whatever. We've seen it a thousand times in government. I wonder when ours is going to fall. I mean. <sighs> Anyways, so talking about Turkish-style coffee. So what we have here is what is often called outside of Turkey an ibrik. Mm. Love it. But in Turkey... It's called a Chesve. Chesve. A Chesve. Can I just show you really quickly? I tried to look up how to pronounce Chesve. Can I in fucking bold here? I could, this is how this is how it's fucking phonetically pronounced. Those aren't even fucking English letters. Tell me. How does that fucking help? <laughs> That's not helpful. <laughs> I like look it up on some like pronunciation website and it has these characters that aren't English. I don't know what that fucking means. I don't I, is that is that Turkish? Is that what the? No, that's. I don't think it's Turkish. I think that there's another alphabet for people who are like, like scientists of pronunciation. San- <laughs> Sanskrit. <laughs> Maybe. So, anyways, the, this vessel, it's um, this chesve. We can call it a chesve since we're talking about Turkey Turkish coffee. It's like a pot. It has a spout. It has like a wider bottom, and then it kind of. Um, angles upward a little bit, and then it has a handle. And, and it kind of looks like a, a milk, like a like a smaller version of like one of those milk steamer cups, right? Yeah, Have yeah, like for barista? coffee. Yeah. yeah, right. The but, handle is extremely long. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a long, straight handle that's like six inches long on this tiny cup. Yeah, this is how this is like the OG coffee brewing method. It's so I think that's kind of cool that this has lasted now. What like. I don't know. How many thousands of years? Hundred? No, it's just hundreds of years. Round it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, a thousand years. Hundred, hundred years. Fifteen hundreds. This is when they, you know, fourteen, fifteen hundreds first recorded by paper, maybe earlier. Anyways, so what you do is you take this pot, you put your coffee grounds in there, uh, finely ground. You fill it with water, and then you put it over a flame, and then it cooks. And it boils and it foams up. And then when it all settles down, you let it settle to the bottom. And then you just pour the brewed coffee off the top. And this guy at the grocery store, he was actually telling me, he's like, you have to, there's going to, it's going to be, it's going to boil up and create a foam. And he's like, you have to share the foam equally amongst all the people drinking Hmm. it too. Uh That's part of the technique. Um, And uh, did he recommend that gold one or did you just pick that one? I picked that one because I felt it was like the highest quality one. He's like, you picked the right one. <laughs> um, I like, Where are you? Where are you learning all this good stuff to pick out? Because I also got Turkish delights too. Mm. Oh, um, we're going to do Turkish delights on uh, Love It or Leave It. Oh, yeah. fun. Yay. Mm-hmm. So we'll find out if those are any good. Um, and uh, he's like, what, what internet site you see that tells you these good things? And I was like, no, we have a podcast. <laughs> So. We're very smart about coffee things. And I'm like, we're huge in the Fox Valley. We have like at least 100 listeners. <laughs> and he was like, you tell me. I put it on my website. Really? Yeah. Aww. He's like, he's all about it. Cool. Yeah. So Cute. Mediterranean Oasis, Naperville. We better story. clean up our language then. Yeah. And maybe he's not going to love your accent. No. He's like, it sounds just like me. <laughs> I don't know. He's like a Seinfeld character, but I'm not sure which one. <laughs> um, anyway, so I just reel it back a little bit. But you're right. 
Marcus is a character. Should we brew some coffee? <laughs> no. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. So we've got the birth of Turkish coffee. It was um, invented. I don't know if that's the right word, but discovered, cultivated. I don't know. Whatever. Documented. Documented. 1555, there was an Ottoman gover- governor of Yemen who was like, all right, so we've got this coffee. Super good. we got to figure out how to make it. His name was Azdemir Pasha. Um, and under his rule, he was the one who figured out, roast those beans over a fire, finely grind them, and then slowly cook them in hot water. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shared this method, method with the Sultan Suleiman the Magnificent. He expanded the Ottoman Empire more than anybody else did. And he became a fucking governor in the Ottoman Empire, like, before his dad died, you know, before he was about to take over. 17 years old. Hmm. What the fuck? Who gives a 17-year-old, like, a fucking governorship? I mean, I guess he had. had. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. (laughs) But he was, like, very well educated, and one of his education, part of his education was, like, military, how to be a good military guy. Um, So he was able to go out, like, super organized, great military. I mean, considered to be great. I don't think that killing people is ever great. Right, right. But you're a girl, so what do you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Um, thank you for making it okay for me to like feel comfortable not being comfortable with war. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he, but he was like totally into it. So here he, he's the one who spread the, this coffee and this Turkish method that was invented by Pasha. He spread that shit throughout all of the Ottoman Empire now everybody is using the chesva and yeah and the super finely ground coffee that's cool um coffee brewing at this time like the the second half of the 1500s was super ritualistic it could sometimes involve 40 people to properly pull off a coffee brewing ceremony like they weren't just brewing coffee they were like lighting incense they were getting out the turkish delight they were um everybody had to have rose water perfume and smell good so they made it like a big huge fucking to do i think i would hate that i think i would just be like so irritated can i just drink the fucking yes give me my fucking yeah (laughs) could you imagine waking up in the morning and having to wait for this whole entire fucking production before you could drink your coffee in in three hours you drink your coffee yeah (laughs) or maybe they had 40 people putting it together so they could get it done like really fucking fast like let's go right um so this is how they flavored it they were using mastic not the kind that you use on bathroom tiles. <laughs> okay. It's a it's an evergreen that grows in the Mediterranean, so they take the sap, so it's going to be a little, you know, evergreeny. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, if you think that's gross, let's keep going. Uh, cardamom. Cardamom. Oh, I like cardamom. Cardamom's I've heard about fine. Cardamom. Yeah. Sure. Do you, have you heard of ambergris? Yes. If you have, don't yes! say it. Oh! Don't say what it is, because I'm going to fucking horrify you. Oh, are you talking about the whale? Mm. <laughs> say no i don't know what ambergris is I've can you tell me about it ambergris what is it what could it be are we gonna taste it today Neat. on the show it's really illegal no <laughs> anyway so ambergris for those of you who don't know and i was did not know and i came to be horrified it's a solid waxy flammable um substance I reading this, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound so bad. It sounds like like myrrh or frankincense or something. Yeah. Um, smells delightful here. It's a uh, black, or it's like can be gray or blackish. It's uh, produced in the digestive system of the sperm whale. Yes. 
formed via secretion of the bile duct in the intestines of the sperm whale. That's fucking disgusting. I'm trying to remember how I know about this. I know about it because... Hopefully not firsthand. On on our last trip to the ocean, they were like, oh, you can find blobs of ambergris. And if you do, like... Like you just got lucky. Worth more than gold or right. something. Yeah, it's yeah. worth a ton. Well, ambergris used to be not. I, I mean, I think it's always been worth something, but it used to be incredibly, incredibly common. Um, oh. Freshly produced ambergris has a like a marine shit smell. <laughs> Sounds cool. great. Yeah. Um, as it ages, though, it acquires like a sweet, earthy scent. Um, it's. I, I don't know if this is a very good. I saw this on Wikipedia. It's like it smells kind of like isopropyl alcohol without the vapor chemical astringency. I don't okay. know what that I don't is know supposed what to I heard it's left. good carrier for like cologne. Okay. Um, you well, know, it used to be really popular back in the day. Yeah, oh. it's um so it is was used and still can be found in perfumes today as a matter of fact. It has cuz it has kind of a musky scent to it. Yeah. Um it can be found floating in the sea, washed up on the coastlines. Also, it can be found in dead whales. Mm. Whether naturally dead whales or hunted dead whales. And that's why it's illegal now in the United States because of overhunting of the whales back in the day. Mm. You yeah. know how they do. Mm-hmm. So this is what ambergris has been used for. Incense in ancient Egypt. Cigarettes in modern Egypt. Oh, interesting. Yeah. that's the, Well, the, this is what the internet tells me. Um, I've not fact-checked myself, but I'm assuming the internet is correct. Uh, perfumes and fragrances, like we said, it was used in this Turkish coffee back in the day for so flavor. They put it in the coffee. They would put it in the coffee. Yeah, mm. disgusting. Bulletproof <laughs> whale coffee. The OG bulletproof. Right. That's awesome. Barf. Um, they also- just called beluga proof. <laughs> I would think like sperm proof. Oh. <laughs> or is that a different type of no, bulletproof? <laughs> yeah. um, also, they used to add it to hot chocolate in Europe. There's also a cocktail that you can make with ambergris that includes rum, almonds, cloves, cassia, and orange peels. Gross. Marcus. I'm delighted. I, this sounds great. Let's try it. Yeah. Disgusting. Um, during the Black Death, Europeans thought carrying a ball of it around would keep away the plague. <laughs> Willing I mean, to try. They, they were, I think that they were willing to try then too. Yeah. And now the last, my favorite, least favorite, uh, eggs and ambergris Ugh. was King Charles II of England's favorite dish. So gross. I'm really curious about this stuff. I wish we had a little ball of it so I could like smell it. Yeah. I would probably vomit. Curious. Right. I, I, that in oak moss is another ingredient that's used in like old perfume making. Hmm. I'm like, I want to get my hands on like the, the hot shit, the hot old <laughs> shit, literally. But ambergris is like cholesterol or something like that. It's like a waxy substance. Except for, you know, it's just made of shit. No, it's not shit. It's like bile. bile. Yeah, it's throw up. It's basically. made in the bile ducts. <laughs> it's passed the same way as shit. It, tra- plant, it goes and travels through the intestines and goes yeah. boop. Out right. the butt. Out the butt or up the stomach. Or up the stomach, no, exactly. Vomited. I'm not about to judge. Anyways. If it smells good, I'll put it on me. So wait, it really goes either way? Like- it can. So like if the, it can cause a blockage. If it's too big and it, it'll cause an intestinal blockage, it'll come up out through the mouth of the whale. But typically, it'll just travel through the intestines and come out as poop. 
Great. It's illegal in the U.S., Australia, and India. Okay. Those are the only three countries where it's illegal. But if you find it on the shore. Yeah, you're. I think it's. You know. I think it's like the trading of it, like like from like killing whales and trading it. If you find it on the shore, like that's fine. Because um, I just learned. Sorry, this is a side tangent here, but I just learned that if you if a golden eagle or a bald eagle drops a feather, you are not allowed to touch it. It's illegal. Hmm. I just found out. That seems ridiculous. Yeah. I think so too. Who's gonna who are you, who's gonna tell on you yeah. though? You're they not pro- allowed to trade it. You're not allowed to possess any part of an eagle unless you're a Native American. It's illegal. Oh. It's a protected species. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Well, next time I find one, I won't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, the taste is described as earthy, musky, sweet, briny, like a sea briny, um, Why and it has hungry? like and has like a concentrated sea smell. Oh, I would eat it. I'd try it. I'm sure. Spoon, just a spoonful of ambergris. I feel like it sounds kind of like a raw oyster. Yeah. Because they can be a little sweet and briny, right? Mm. I don't know. I've never tried one. You've never hit. Oh. Can is no, that a surprise I'm to sorry. you? I'm sorry. I was. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, if you don't know me by now, you will never know. Eggs, never ambergris, oysters, me. coffee. Like, this is breakfast of champions. This all sounds great. Sure. Yes, let's do it. Well, sadly for you guys, there used to be a, um, a restaurant in New York City that is now closed, but they used to have a hot chocolate, um, ambergris hot chocolate on their menu. Hmm. As recently as 2016 when I read about it. Oh. Really recent. So you don't, there might be hope for you guys. There might be another little someplace in this country that we call home that you might be able to maybe easily in travel aurora to. maybe i'll find some ambergris <laughs> online sure. maybe Ugh. well i'm not trying that for lever to leave it i will quit <laughs> just, just, a, just a whole thing mm, you can't quit because we'll do a podcast like twice a year without <laughs> you motivating us um i'll quit for that day okay. i'll quit and come back okay um so anyway so that's about ambergris i found it to be incredibly fascinating um, and disgusting. So coffee brewing at this time um, under Sultan Suleiman was uh, so popular that they, in fact, had a chief coffee maker. It was an official government position. <laughs> um, and it was, like, such an important position that you could, like, move up to Grand Vizier. And a Grand Vizier is basically, like, the the Sultan's right-hand man or, like, a governor. Like, like. You're in the court. You're like a top dog. You're right next to Suleiman. And I found that to be pretty fascinating. Yeah. That just like a barista could make it in this world. <laughs> right. You're like literally one of the 12 most important people in our country. Wow. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you're brewing good coffee. In our empire, yeah. Right. As it should be, I feel like. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you got to know how to can balance like that? that mastic and amber grease. Not anybody can do that. I know. Can you imagine if like the cabinet of the United States was like, this is our uh, department head of coffee making? Yeah. I mean, we could get rid of Pete one of those. Pete Buttigieg is uh, now the uh, department of coffee head. At like baristas across America. It's like if you win the SEA barista championship, right. you get to get promoted into the government right. in wow. a government position. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's like, cabinet member we could get rid of we could replace like what do we not need department of energy fucking cut that <laughs> right um i think that like you know what if we had more baristas in government i mean yeah that i think could, it would be that could be yeah. really good for us doc mm-hmm. department of coffee 
Department of Coffee. <laughs> yeah. It's too close to the one that we don't like. Oh, Department, the Department of, of Corrections. Corrections. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Slide. So um, then just uh, this whole popularity thing started to get a little out of control, according to one guy 100 years later, this guy, <laughs> the Grand Vizier Caprulu. He was, like, basically, as far as I can tell, some conservative religious dude. Like, we all know the type. Uh-huh. Uh, he thought people were having a little too much fun, not doing enough religion. And he was like, let's bring, make everyone miserable to bring them closer to God. <laughs> and so he outlawed coffee. <gasps> really? Well, he tried. He was not super successful. Uh, basically, the ruling class was like, an, of whom he was a part. He was like, oh, these people, they're just like sitting around and socializing all day. We don't want them like talking and forming a revolution mm-hmm. against us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like and organizing and overthrowing the government. But like, I feel like the Ottoman Empire's like whole thing of like, just like be chill was working really well. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this guy was just some sort of like, Religious conservative control nut. And like I said, we all know the type. So there's like a couple of different, it was like the penalties were a little unclear. Just chop off people's heads who drink it. <laughs> oh my God, a death penalty for drinking coffee? Well, uh, yeah, it's a little extreme, right? The other punishments that I, I saw about, uh, the first offense, you'd be beaten severely with a cudgel. <laughs> what the fuck? What's a cudgel? That's the it's one with the spikes, hammer. right? <gasps> right. Isn't that the spiky one? Yeah, I think so. Oof. A meat tenderizer? Yeah, that's Aww. what I thought. Let's double check. That's a cudgel. I really... But it's wooden meat tenderizer. That yeah, basically that's it. It's like a stick with something like really uncomfortable and awful at the end. Jeez. Uh, second offense, you'd be sewn into a leather bag and then thrown into a river. Huh. <laughs> okay. Seems very... Both of the... All of it seems very extreme. Yeah. Basically, though, like... Uh, my thought is like, fuck, man, if you were afraid of being overthrown, having the government overthrown before this, I mean, I would start to probably worry more now. Like, you're actually pissing people off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I can tell, this didn't last very long. Um, <laughs> and like what happened would, to that guy? Yeah. yeah it just, he's the one that needs to get killed. Yeah. It just basically got, it. like, it didn't really fly. I think, like, probably nobody wanted to enforce this. Right. You know? So I think it was just, like, this fucking crazy-ass guy coming up with shit. And, like, everybody's like, yeah, okay, man. Okay. Yeah, whatever. We'll do whatever you say. Toss him in a <laughs> leather bag or whatever. <laughs> um, so anyways, that, that got turned around really quickly, and everybody went back to drinking coffee. Great. There's <laughs> um, a little fun facts about the first coffee houses. This is really fun. So back, uh, the first ever coffee house opened in Istanbul around what, Marcus? I heard Istanbul was Constantinople. <laughs> uh, you're about to break out in song. Sorry. Thanks, uh, Marcus. Okay. Um, so yeah, so the, the first one, it was around the same time that Pasha figured out this way of brewing coffee. And so um, he figures out how to brew coffee. Everybody's like, oh, hell yes, we need a place to gather and drink this coffee. Coffee houses started springing up all over the places. At first, they were just to serve their neighborhoods. Everybody would just kind of like leave their house. It'd be like a coffee house every block or whatever. Like pubs to the Irish. Yeah, exactly. So then the coffee houses, they started serving certain clientele. So they had like firemen, like the fireman's coffee house or the storyteller's coffee house or my favorite, the opium smoker's coffee house. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know. 
That I sounds mean, like kind of fun. Yeah. Like smoke some opium, yeah. drink some coffee, just sit around and chill all day. This feels very yeah. D&D. Like did they have like an adventurer's, you know, coffee house and the bard's coffee house, you know? And the, sure. Like whatever, yeah. whatever suits your fancy. There was like a gathering place for everybody. It was really cool. I love this. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know if you're smoking opium, you were def- that was like the wizard's house. Sure. <laughs> yeah, they were definitely getting deep about some shit right, for sure. Right. Long ass beards, pointy hats. So opium was fine. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I think like in this, I mean, come on. I mean, you think of Afghanistan and their opium, and I mean, oh, that's just right. like. Yeah. Okay. So uh, thinking about recently, I heard about Michael Pollan. Pollen, whatever mm-hmm. his name is, he wrote mm-hmm. a book about caffeine consumption. And basically the idea is, in like coffee consumption, like what's the big deal about an addiction if it's not like really harming anything? Mm-hmm. Like if you have a constant supply of opium and you take a little toka opium to get through the day, mm-hmm. what's the big deal? Michael Pollan says it's cool. He says opium is totally cool. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So stay tuned, so guys, for our Love It or Leave It. <laughs> Eat, this is what it some is. Opium. Eat food, mostly plants, toke some opium. <laughs> I've good. always been a fan of this. Guy. Listen, I feel like Great. that would solve a lot of problems just in general for society. Well, I mean, like, you do have to consider, like, when people don't have access to illegal drugs, they're going to, like, resort to illegal activities to get illegal drugs. Like, it's like caffeine. Like the, his, the premise of his book actually was like, is coffee that bad? And is it coffee addiction that big of a deal? And the, his, the whole thing was like, no, because coffee is like helps people be productive. It's readily available. Like nobody's going out and robbing people so that they can get a cup of coffee. But if you made coffee illegal, right. then you would see people like jonesing and needing their coffee. Productivity would suffer. Like there's so many benefits. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Anyways. Opium was totally fine back in the day. And I think in a lot of countries, people do smoke opium still. I don't know, though. I don't know. Anyways, that's just me making shit up because I think I saw something <laughs> once in, like, a travel show. I'm fairly certain opium's popular still. I think some places it's fine. Sure. I wish it was more popular here. I yeah. don't know why we need heroin and fentanyl. I don't know why we can't just smoke opium. Yeah. It's pretty delightful well yeah i've never smoked i did have fentanyl because of my thumb and i can say that i would highly recommend fentanyl that was delightful also yeah i would say yeah i I would recommend it maybe though if it's prescribed by a doctor i think anybody if you can find somebody on the street with fentanyl (laughs) that's the good shit i haven't seen opium in a few decades and now i'm kind of amazed that i've ever seen it because where like where is it why i don't know yeah I don't know either. I mean, it seems like a gentler version of <laughs> yeah, heroin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's classy. You know, they could throw that in a vape cartridge. Can you imagine? That would be the it way to go. It tastes great. Right. Vape cartridge. Right. Holy an opium <laughs> vape cartridge. Shit. I think we've just That's done mine. something That's here. my idea. Don't That's take fine. it. That's fine. Do you want in on Marcus's new business idea? Because oh I'm not God. a part of anymore. I'm just going to hang out near Marcus <laughs> and help with the testing. <laughs> Product development, et cetera. Gosh. All right. Let's bring it back, you druggies. All right. So um, also some fun things. Like some of these coffee houses had music and dance and like story resuscitations. It's like 
Exactly like a fucking coffee house out of the 1990s. It's great. Like where you would just go and there'd be open mics. People get up there with their fucking acoustic guitars. Like an episode of Friends. Yeah, it's great. It's right. funny. You're talking about the 90s, but I was totally imagining the beatniks. Yeah. From like, yeah. what, 50s, 60s? Uh-huh. Well, it's been around a long time. Right. These beatniks. Well, coffee has always historically been, right? Like the cultural, you know, epicenter you know, people are drinking coffee and thinking and debating and talking, right? And like gathering yeah, yeah. and so I could also see that as being like the people in empowerment, like, what the fuck are those people doing? Yeah, All right? that what gathering are they talking about. Right. Yeah. They got a lot of fucking things to say. Yeah, they're Better probably shut that shit down. It's probably true. Like, had the coffee house culture not been so strong, that one dude probably wouldn't have been like, Hey, <laughs> right. what are you guys doing over right. there? Yeah, exactly. Well, you can go to, even today, so in the Grand Bazaar in Istanbul, there is, um, that, it sounds fucking cool. I want to go see this. It's basically like the world's first shopping mall. Dates back to the 1400s. It's like an outdoor covered market. And there's like a little family owned coffee shop there that was opened in 1909. And it's set up just like the old school Ottoman coffee shops were. So you can like go in, you like sit on the same kind of stools at the same kind of tables. They're preparing coffee in the old way. Um, Like I said, a lot of these countries that were under the Ottoman Empire still brew coffee in the Turkish style today. Um, But there's just like some variations regionally of how they're going to make it. Some places will like make like a little paste before adding more water to it to brew. So just like coffee grounds with a little water. Yeah. So they'll put the coffee grounds in the bottom, make us paste, like heat that paste up till it becomes like pasty. Mm -hmm. And then they'll add water and Mm. then mix it. Almost like I'm thinking of like when you do a roux when Mm -hmm. you're cooking. Mm -hmm. Um, Some will start with the grounds mixed with cold water. Some will add the, like start boiling the water, then add the coffee grounds. Uh, different countries might use different mm. spices, like some little spice variations. Some will add more sugar. There's there's just some like different regional ways of uh, making coffee. That's normal, I think, when you have some place that's as big area-wise. Mm-hmm. Also, something that's super common is called tassiomancy. Mm. So if we remember from tarot cards, mancy means like divination. Um, basically, it's like reading the coffee grounds. Oh, oh I've heard of this. Mm-hmm. Cool. cool. Yeah. So, are we doing that today? I'm hoping we can. I looked <laughs> cool. up. I looked up um, like what all the things mean, so I could do probably a really shitty coffee ground reading for awesome. us. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> basically, what you do is like so. Like your this whole thing is like you're brewing the water and the grounds together. There's no filtering. So when you pour it into your little cups, like with like a little shot glass type thing, basically it makes like a, an espresso. Okay. When you pour it into your cup, there's going to be some grounds at the bottom. You never finish it all the way down. Um, and then you just take them from your cup, dump them over on a saucer. The Turkish tradition, what you're doing is you're taking those coffee grounds, you're dividing it into horizontal halves. So the uh, symbols on the bottom are interpreted as messages regarding the past, and the symbols on the top half are messages regarding your future. There's like another way some people do it, like vertical halves for like yes or no answers. Uh, with like the outcome of events represented by symbols. Um, Some believe that the cup is capable of revealing insights about the past. But if you're trying to look into the future, you cannot go more than 40 days. That's it. 
40 days. 40 days. That's all you get. You're not going that far. You've got to come back. forecast, though. I mean, like, you think about the technology to get to even a 10-day forecast yeah. on weather, right? Like, 40 days is impressive. Yeah. I have to agree with you. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So, yeah, so I looked up a whole list of um, the symbols well, for well, reading coffee. Shall we brew some coffee? Sure, let's do it. Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality single-origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip pip cheerio! And we're back. All right, so I was thinking that I could just tell you a little bit about this company, this Turkish coffee company, really quick before we get started or before we do the olfactory reveal. Let me. All right. So like Marcus said, we went to the Mediterranean Oasis Mart or Oasis Mediterranean, whatever. They have so much cool stuff there. They have like, they have like a little deli counter. It's like a really cool store. They have so much stuff Mediterranean. I think in this area, it's a really popular store for people who, for these people from the Mediterranean area. I want some Turkish shit because I went to the international market. And like I said, I had to go, I had to do some run around to mm. find it. Yeah, Marcus really did. He went to the Nayeb Mart over on the east side. Ooh. Then he went to International Market. Then he headed on over to the Oasis Mediterranean Market, and yeah. he was successful. What a fun day. Yeah. yeah. So um, You know what they had at the Nayeb Mart? Hmm. Nescafe Instant Coffee. That was their only option. <laughs> you know, that's not going to fucking work. Maybe for a future episode, but not this one. But this Turkish coffee company, super cool looking canister you said it was like legit this one from fucking turkey this is the one yeah so this one i looked up what's the most popular or iconic coffee company for turkey this is karukabeki mamet effendi look at me yeah i kind of nailed that right away yeah um it's turkish coffee from the country of turkey it's such a fucking cool can yeah isn't it cool yeah so they are the like oldest coffee company they're founded in 1871 by Mehmet Effendi, part of oh, this name. Uh, the Karukaveki is actually the last name that his sons took on. So it's their last name and then his name combined into the name of this company. Cool. Um, basically, they just, you know, wanted to be fucking coffee company. So Mehmet Effendi, back in the 19th century, coffee beans were generally sold raw and then roasted and pe- people would roast them themselves at mm, home. Mm-hmm. So I find that to be kind of interesting. Everybody used to be a coffee roaster yeah. prior to 1871, basically. Then 1871, he took over uh, another family business and began ro- roasting the raw coffee beans, grinding them in his mortar and pestle. Oh, God. Yeah. How I mean, could you imagine, <laughs> especially right. to that fineness? But maybe that I don't know. They're probably that's just how they did it, I guess. Um, and then he would sell it freshly roasted, ready ground, ready for people to just buy. So of course, people were like, "Fuck yes, yeah. thank right. you for doing all this work for us." Right. Um, it was so convenient. Then after he died in 1931, the business was passed to his three sons, Hassan, Husuli, and Ahmet. Their last name, for some reason, used to be Bay, like Beyonce. So maybe it's pronounced B. I don't know. But they decided to take the name Kuru Kaveki. Like I said, Kavechi, Kavisi. I don't know. They already fucked this up, probably. (laughs) 
So, yeah, basically they were just the ones, though. They just kind of did their coffee thing. They also had traveled internationally. His sons were internationally educated. I mean, we're talking about globalization. People are now world traveling. They're getting exposed to what people are doing in other parts of the world. They're learning new business practices. And so they brought all that back and uh, decided to really take this coffee company to the world stage and to like really cement it. They're just, they're capitalists. You know, we know, we know the old story of capitalism Mm -hmm. and capitalist coffee companies. So this is really cool. They, um, they're really into the art deco thing back in Uh like the 1930s, you Uh know? So you can see they had, um, an artist make this art deco style logo, which is really cool. cool. Like it's like a human face, but with M's on it and like a, it's holding a little coffee cup. So it's really cool. And then they also developed, like designed a whole new like roasting facility and offices that were also in the art deco style. So they're super into it. Fucking cool. Um, then, yeah. So then the, the one son who silly Bay, he died and, um, in an untimely death. And it was passed down to Mehmet Effendi's youngest son, Ahmet Riza. And he was like the one who, like I said, they're educated abroad. He was like the most, like abroad of the sons. (laughs) Okay. He's the one who introduced like paper bags for this. He also decided to start distributing to grocery stores. He was just driving them around in his car, just like we do. (laughs) There you go. He, they also, one thing that was revolutionary at the time, he was promoting the company through posters and calendars. Mm. Not, that wasn't something that they were really doing back then, but yeah, they just had a whole fleet of automobiles, posters and calendars. Cool. Yeah. Today, the company is still ran by Mehmet Effendi. Wow. So the OG guy back in 1871, his grandchildren are still running the company, which still I alive. think is fucking cool. That's yeah, crazy. that's cool. Really fucking cool. Yeah. It's now um, exported to 55 countries in Europe, America, Asia, Australia, and Africa in this fancy can. Cool. Yep. So that is it. But we'll do the official factory reveal. Are you ready? Should I start the brewer now? Yeah, go ahead. We could probably start brewing it now. What we're doing is like a 1 to 10 ratio. Looking online, some people are like 1 to 12, 1 to 9, 1 to 16. So I did 1 to 10 because it was the easiest math. So we've got 350 grams of water, and then we also have 35 grams of coffee. Um, If you open it, this is what I find pretty interesting is that it's a really light roast. I was wondering if it was because... It smells pretty good, and it's Arabica. I was wondering if it was because it was vacuum sealed that it smelled so good. It smelled really good when you opened it. Oh my gosh, it's so finely ground like a powder. I assumed it would be coarsely ground because it's being put directly in the water. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be really hard to separate. So I'm not sure why they do it finely ground. I probably could have looked into that, but I did not think about it. You can feel it. It feels super powdery and fine. Oh my gosh. This is really cool. It does feel, it feels like you press into it and it's like a cloud. It just, it's like that um, fake indoor sand or something. Mm, Yeah, kinetic sand. Yeah, it's got a funny texture. It smells great and it is really light. Um, So we're here, we're brewing it over over my prepper stove. (laughs) Uh, Because we have an electric stove in our house. And I tried once making uh, Turkish coffee on our electric stove and it didn't work very well. So anyways, we're going to, we got out the prepper stove and we're going to see how this works. It doesn't, 
the grate for the prepper stove is like too big for this thing to rest on. So poor Marcus has to hold it. Um, so yeah, basically what you do is you just hold the, the chesve over the, or ibrick, depending on where you are and you hang it, hold it over the stove. Yeah. He told me, he's like, uh, there's going to be foam. There's going to be boiling. Everybody gets a little bit of foam. And he's like, you can either drink it black or you can put sugar in it. Did you buy the sugar cubes? I did. (laughs) He didn't say anything about ambergris. No ambergris. (laughs) Okay. He said, that's a protected item. Whatever you do, don't add ambergris. Okay. Just sugar. Yeah. So when so sugar or black. When All I right. made it with our friend, um, she had a very small one. It was like an espresso shot size. Mm-hmm. And you would drop a sugar cube into it. Mm. Some places when I was doing when I was doing my research, so basically a sugar cube is like you base everybody gets a sugar cube. Almost basically wherever you are. Probably oh, because shit, guys. It's, it's boiling. Ooh, is it? It's boiling a little I bit. I want to see. Ooh, it is. It's foaming. Ooh. Ooh, this is exciting. Oh, so Marcus, basically what I was how I was taught to do this is when it foams up and it almost over it'll overflow, you just take it off and then that's when you know it's done. Oh. When it starts to almost overflow. Oh, okay. This I'm is watching it. So exciting. I know it's I'm very exciting. Nervous. Wait, wait, it's okay. All right. Oh, that's good. Oh, oh. Now you're done. Okay. Oh boy. I, whatever you're doing, I don't know if I like this. This is why you need 37 more people in the room. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> you guys are not kidding. For real. But I do like the way that this coffee looks. It is a lighter roast. Mm-hmm. Fucking powder. Mm-hmm. So know. crazy how powdery it is. It smells good. It does smell good. I do like the way it smells. I eat it. It's interesting that it's so dark in the cup, but that's just because it's so strong. Yeah, it's right. very concentrated. It's almost like the same strength that like our cold brew is, which mm. is two times a normal cup of coffee. Yeah, so basically you're thinking espresso here. Yeah. And typically you would have sugar, you would have spices. I'm going to try it black first, but then I'm definitely going to add some sugar because, you know, I want to do as the Turkish do. Yeah, so questions about the way this is served. Is there not dairy? In Turkey? I mean, this seems like it would just, it's like perfect for a cappuccino. Yeah, it would lend itself to it, right? Yeah. But um, apparently, he said there's two ways that you can drink this. <laughs> okay. Black and with a, with sugar. Well, that's, I mean, that's fine. I'm just curious if there's like a reason why milk is not, like, yeah, is dairy know. not a thing? Right. Well, no, I think dairy is a thing because you've got all sorts of delicious cheeses. But like, how do you steam milk if you're just boiling it with an e-brick, right? You probably are not serving it with steamed milk. It says here, Turkish coffee is traditionally made with water and drunk without adding cream or milk. That's it. Okay. It says you could, if you want, here's this this idea. You could make it with milk instead of water. So boil yourself some milk. So that's kind of an interesting, but it says right here, putting this headline here, says putting milk in Turkish coffee is completely fucking wrong. (laughs) You asshole. Okay. 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 I'm sorry, Wikipedia right. or whatever. How that was roadsandkingdoms.com. How do they feel about throwing whiskey in it? Because I'm about to sacrilege all over this Ramadan coffee. <laughs> that was my next question. <laughs> well, I think the Muslim people would probably frown upon your consumption of alcohol, but I I'm mean... three deep starting this episode. I'm not... <laughs> look, this is, this is like... This is not a halal coffee podcast. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your life. I am like the Ottoman Empire. You do you. I love it. Don't let me interrupt. I want to say, like, as the professional coffee 
reviewer drinker in me mm-hmm. love this. This mm-hmm. is good coffee. Did you taste it? I did. Mm-hmm. So essentially, like, Ebrick is cowboy coffee. You boil a coffee in the water, and then you pour it when you're out camping, right? Mm-hmm. Um, simple way to brew coffee. This is a very old-school way of brewing coffee, and it's delightful. It's the oldest-school right. way of brewing coffee. <laughs> no filters, no bullshit. This is like, it's like this is what they did back. This is the first way to brew coffee. Okay. I also want to talk, like, okay... This is something also, so when I went with our friend to the Bosnian store, Mm -hmm. they also, like, sugar cubes are a thing in all the places that used to be a part of the Turkish, I mean, the Ottoman Empire. They're just so fucking cool. (laughs) Because they're not, like, your typical, like, perfectly square domino sugar cube. It's, like, weird edges, not necessarily uniform. Look on the box. It says traditional. I mean, they look hand-chopped or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do you have um, traditional sugar cubes? I don't know what that is. Hang on, let me just it's it. old enough to fucking have a tradition. I also just love the art on the box. I mean, I know this is Arabic writing on this mountain, but it does make it look like a smiley face. Aw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like happy juice. It's kosher, too. So, like, this is like a very inclusive sugar cube. <laughs> Um, so there is some place where the, the Jews and the Muslims get along. Probably a coffee shop. In a Certainly. coffee shop. Oh, bonding over sugar. <laughs> I think I, I added two sugar cubes, and that was one too many. It's such a tiny cup. These cups are adorable. Um, so I expected it to be bitter a little bit, and it's I don't think it is at all. For how concentrated it is? Yeah. Right. I do. It is a little sour, which is not surprising because it looks like such a light roast. Yeah. Um, I do like it better with sugar. I like it. I like it, period. It's good. I'm three quarters of the way through the cup and it's already like getting gritty. Gritty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're Which not I don't care for. You're not supposed to drink it all the way down. Right. Once it starts getting gritty, you're supposed to stop. But this is an awful <laughs> such a tiny cup and look how much is left that Let I can't see. drink. Well, it's very concentrated. Do you want to sleep tonight? Well, I mean, I have a big, exciting party to go to first. I did read when, or I did read something about when you're trying to read the coffee grounds that a lot of times people just let the coffee, the liquid dry out, and what, however, the coffee dries inside oh. um, the mug or the mm, cup. Okay, it's so a way to. You gotta wait to read that. We might have to read them in a couple of weeks. Mm. I don't know how I'm gonna fit alcohol into this. <laughs> It's going to be like, I keep sipping it, and there's not a lot left. I'm going to need like a tiny little splash of Like a couple drops get an eyedropper. We have a delightful new whiskey today, too. We do, but um, I don't don't need it. I don't need it either. I feel like I don't, you know, I I would drink this. I see why it's popular. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like super easy to drink black with the sweetness in it. It's sort of, it almost gives me like a maple syrupy, Mm, you know, kind of like flavor to it. Um, I really, I really enjoy this. I see why it's popular. It's so. really good. Yeah. I mean, it stood the test of time. <laughs> I mean, mm. 500 years, it's still going strong. So I just finished, um, my cup. Can you read Ooh. my fortune? Yes. I'm, I'm going to spin it around for you. Okay. Let me read your fortune. Well, let's see here. Uh, the bottom half is messages of your past and the top are messages regarding your future. Oh, let's start with your past. What do I think this looks like? Does it look like a thumb? <laughs> I want more. Is there any more in there? Yeah. Is there? There is. I'm going to say this bottom half looks kind of like a bird. All right. 
<laughs> okay, so in your past, you had good luck and maybe a good journey. But it's all behind you now. Yep, but it's all behind you now. Mm. Fucking knew it. Fucking knew it. Let's see here. Let's tap. What could this be? Bridge? This looks a little bit like a house or a bridge. Yeah. There you go. Let's see. <laughs> Ooh. If we want to go with house, it means you have business success in your future. Definitely Ooh, within the next 40 days even. 40 days? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Get ready. Ooh, good thing this didn't look like a kettle. Ooh. <laughs> that means death. <gasps> oh, fuck. Oh. Yeah. No, I'm glad. That did not look like that. Um, it could also be a bridge. And if it's a bridge, that means you're about to have a good journey. Oh. That's cool too. Yeah. You know? I'm good with that. A lot that. of journeying. You're yeah. possibly a good journey, good luck in your past, and a good journey and business success in your future. Cool. Hey, you got a good old mug here. Thanks, I would say Jenny. it's more like a house though, because it definitely looks like a chimney here. Yeah. Yeah, you got like a chimney house thing going on. So yeah, you're gonna have some business you got some business success in your future. Well, you know, that sounds like a great review. Um who's this coffee Hang for? Hang on, guys? wait, wait, wait. Steph's gotta get to hers. Yeah, I want my fortune told. All right. It says <laughs> Oh no. I'm having a real face. hard time here. Uh, well, what's going on in this? Does hers look like a bat? <laughs> <laughs> um, it kind of looks like an alien spaceship. Ooh. Oh, a saucer, a coffee, a coffee saucer. <laughs> no, it's like a pyramid almost. Oh. A pyramid has got to be good. You are about to start selling essential oils. <laughs> <laughs> they have that. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Why don't we go with a pine tree? I thought it was an Illuminati pyramid. I didn't realize. <laughs> no, just a pyramid scheme. <laughs> uh, oh, a mountain, a mountain. Oh, that's okay. what it is. Mountain, In your past, sure. you had a powerful friend. Like There's a only fucking wh- dwarf or something? <laughs> like, what the shit is that? Gimli I'm like, was your friend. Once upon a time, you had, had a fucking ring to get rid of. I'm racking my brain. Who is your powerful friend? You know what? A friend from your past is going to come into power. Oh. It's going to be good for you. The king under the mountain. <laughs> All right. Let's see what's going on up top here. A rainbow. Aw. Am I, am I gay? Gandalf the am White. Am I going to be gay within the next 40 days? I did not see that coming. I mean... You could be an ally the next week. <laughs> finally. <laughs> Being, I'm finally ready. No, I think you should be gay. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Together. Hey, Steph. Uh, let's see here. I feel like it, this is a rainbow, but there is Maybe no... Maybe horseshoe. Arches. McDonald's. Right. It's only one, a haystack. Is that on here? (laughs) Oh, a horseshoe. Okay, we'll do that. Okay. You and your successful choice of a partner are going on a lucky trip. (laughs) I'm very excited about this. I can't wait to meet her. Leaning more towards lesbian. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Look how much you've got so many grounds. I didn't want to drink it because um, (laughs) it's so late in the day. I didn't want it to affect my sleeping. Mm. Let's see here. This looks like a, if I see a person, what does that mean? People. The symbol of people means something good. Something good's going to happen to me in the future. These are three great fucking fortunes. Yeah, awesome. thanks, Coffee Grounds. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so you, who's this coffee for? I mean, I think it's for anybody who needs to know their future for the next 40 days <laughs> and their past. It's for anyone who wants to, like, go to a lot of trouble to brew it is the thing. I recommend it for flavor, but I'd say maybe find a restaurant that serves it. 
months. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, it was a little messy. It was a little difficult. It was fun. You probably yeah. have to. There's got to be a learning curve because we, yeah. when we watched that um, Zelensky show, Servant of the People, mm-hmm. they were brewing in a Chesve Ibrick on their stove in uh, Ukraine. Yeah, like no big deal, right? Yeah, I, I think that this is for somebody who's you know just has a love of tradition. You know, maybe first generation immigrant from that part of the world. I feel like they're already drinking it this way. Yeah. 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 I mean, I definitely think this coffee is for the millions of people around the world. <laughs> that are already drinking it. <laughs> Who drink it this way. <laughs> um, you know, good. Keep it. Yeah. It's great. Keep doing your thing. It's delicious. I, I think it's super cool. It was really fun. This was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was cool to yeah. like yeah. learn about the history of coffee too. Yeah. And I'm super excited, Steph. Um, did you know that for our Love It or Leave It, that I also, at the same store, uh-huh. bought a assortment of Turkish delights? Ooh. Do we have to, like, sit in a wardrobe to eat the Turkish delight? <laughs> I do have... Only if you want to become the slave of the Snow Queen or the White Queen or whatever. Hmm. The White Queen? I don't. I think uh... it's the White Queen. Do you want to pledge allegiance to the white clean, queen? No. Okay, then stay reference? out of the wardrobe. This is not a drug reference. <laughs> this is, so Turkish Delight from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, yeah. yes. I've heard that book. Mm-hmm. Of that book. <laughs> You've never read that book? Not in its entirety. Mm. Really good. Me and Kaya, we were listening to it when she was doing cheerleading. Just didn't like all the religious references. Well, it's not really, though. you don't know that they're religious references, then it just reads like a silly fairy tale. Yeah. And Actually, I looked into that. God gave his only begotten lion. <laughs> You're all saved. I actually looked into that some more, and that's more of a rumor than a truth. Just Did you know that, though? That's like a really common misconception, that it's not actually supposed to be a religious tale. No, a lot of my friends were into that in like the middle school era. Mm-hmm, you know, it's mm-hmm. like really popular. Um, and yeah, I think it was more into Mario around the same, <laughs> like that was my media input, but no. Um, so great. Love this coffee. Yeah, really good. Highly recommend it. Um, and if you guys want to join us for the Turkish delights and all of your CS Lewis, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fandom, come, come join us over on Patreon. Yeah. On Patreon, uh, we're going to start reviewing each book. We're going to start having a book club. <laughs> Just the line, the witch in the wardrobe. There's like seven of them. That'll get us through. Yeah. So for the next 14 years. (laughs) It's going to be like a a Patreon sidebar. Right. Cool. Thanks for the story, Jenny. Really interesting. History of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I love history. Cool. Well, is that our episode, guys? Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.